his eyes, and he had a clear view of trees beyond the canal-side meadow. Their budded twigs bent down like old women with their backs to the storm, and the flat, sharp wall of a canal house sixty yards behind him. He had not even seen it as he passed. The rain was finding a channel down his neck. It crept farther, bit by bit, with a cold touch. He could feel his fists white in his pockets from clenching them. His legs ached with the slippery going. They had had supper at six, tied up by the bank, and John had eaten his plate of beans. He had felt sleepy afterward, barely noticing his father's big body bent over the dishpan. It was warm in the cabin, with the little stove roaring red-hot and his small hat hanging beside his father's cap on the door. He had been almost asleep when his father's hand shook him roughly, then tumbled him from his chair. Get out, John. Them plows we've got has to get west for spring plowing. We'll pick up Bob in Syracuse. Then we'll have a better chance to rest. Get out now. And he had reached for his belt. What did John care for the old plows anyway? But it hadn't then begun to storm, and he had gone with a tired sense of importance. One had to keep freight moving on the old Erie. The old Bacchanola always made fast hauls. He had been proud and shouted in a high voice to the tired horses and kicked one with his new boots. But now he did not care about the plows. He wished the crazy old Bacchanola would spring a leak in her flat bottom, so they would have to stop till the hurry-up boat came along and patched her up. He thought of her now, bitterly, with her scabs of orange paint. Crummy old blister, he called her to himself, and made names for her, which he said aloud to the horses in a shrill voice. He was only twelve, with all the bitterness of twelve, and the world was a hateful thing. Goddamned old crummy bitch of a tub! But the lightning caught him, and his throat tightened, and he wanted to cry out under the thunder. A water rat went off the towpath with a splash, and a frog squeaked. He glanced up to see a team on the opposite towpath heading east. Hey there, yelled the driver in a hoarse voice, but John was too tired to answer. He liked to yell back in the daytime and crack his whip, but he had dropped his whip a while back. He would get a licking for that in the morning, but he didn't care. To hell with the whip, and the driver, and Pa. Hey there, shouted the other driver a voice in the rain. All right, all right, you dirty pup. Eat rain if you want to and go drowned. The rain took the voice, and the boat came by, silently, noiseless as oil, with its bow light a yellow touch against the rain. The steersman gave a toot upon the horn, but the sound bubbled through the water in it, and the steersman swore. They were still on the long level, alone once more. It must be midnight. If only the lock would show. In Syracuse, Bob would come. He took turns driving and steering and cooking, a little man with a bent shoulder who had dizzy spells once in a while. At the lock, John could sit down and rest and listen to the tender snarling at his sluices while the boat went down and heaving at his gate beam while John's father heaved against the other. He was crazy, the lockkeeper was. All lockkeepers were crazy. John's father always said so. John had seen a lot of them in their week of hauling, but he did not see why they were crazy. They looked no different, even if they were. 
He hoped the lockkeeper would be asleep, so it would take a while to wake him. Squelch, 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 squelch. The horses kept plodding. Suddenly, John caught a break in the rhythm. One foot sounded light. He pushed his way up beside them against the wind and laid a wet hand against the side. He could not see, but the side felt hot and wet, and he got a smell of sweat. Yes, he could feel the off-horse limping. Hope filled him. He waited till the boat came up where he was, a small figure, shrunk with cold. The boat's bow, round and sullen, slipped along, the bow light hanging over and showing an old mullen stalk in silhouette against the water. Pa? His voice was thin against the wind. He saw his father's figure, rain dripping from the visor of his cap, straight and big, almighty almost, breast to the wind.